You are listening to NFT Talk Show, where we put the T in NFT. I am your host, Tony Payne, and if you have ever wanted to know anything and everything, including all the juicy deets about NFTs, you are in the right place. So buckle up, get ready, and let's go. Welcome to another wonderful episode. Yes, it's going to be wonderful because we're going to be talking about a very important topic of NFT talk show. I am your host, photographer extraordinaire, Tony Payne. All right, so in this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about NFTs. Oh, well, duh. It is the NFT talk show, right? <laughs> so yes, we're talking NFTs. And we're also going to be talking about copyright, you know, IP usage, right? Those important knickknacks that we all need to know. And the CC0 license. So I'm going to be dropping a lot of knowledge, um, things you should know my opinion of course because it's a podcast (laughs) but definitely a lot of knowledge and things you should know so you want to stay tuned in to this episode all right so there has been a big debate in the nft twitter circle okay maybe not so big maybe kind of medium okay actually small but could get big right so that's why we're here there's been this debate in the nft twitter circle about nft cc0 So um, my take was for one piece art NFTs, CC0 might be a bit premature. You know, of course, when you're in a debate, some people agree with you and um, some would disagree. Like, oh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, I'm not, you're crazy. <laughs> okay, nobody said I was crazy, but they were probably thinking it. Yeah. So a lot of people did agree with me. I mean, most of the people that actually agreed with me were seasoned artists that kind of knew how things worked. And it. I mean, it's a it's a no brainer for me. Um, is regarding my my art. I mean, I can't speak for everybody else. It's a no brainer for me that um regarding my art. I don't think it's the right license for any of my work at the moment because I'm still building my brand and I think my work speaking for itself is what's going to do it for me. Anyways, and also I don't create a hundred, um, hundreds of pieces. I could create a (laughs) hundred. I don't create hundreds of pieces a year and the traditional rights model just works just fine for me. Not saying they won't be, I mean, there are other options besides CC0. So I was little bit you know like wondering why cc0 there are other options that they could have um you know hounded on but they chose cc0 so we're here talking about cc0 wow (laughs) all right anyways this doesn't mean that every artist must follow in the same footsteps as me i know what i'm trying to do with my art and my brand and i believe for the things that i'm personally trying to do cc0 would never work for me i mean and i and i kind of like the exclusive nature of my art you know for the for, for the collector um not all collectors want something that everybody has you know i'm sure there are some that don't mind but for the ones that i have been collected um by i believe they do mind so that's why it's also very important if you're an artist to make sure you're aligning yourself with um collectors that kind of have the same vision as you you know and make sure 
moving forward, you're going to be aligning yourself with collectors that share your vision, you know, because you could have a collector that buys from you as a CC zero and then every other collector stays away from you because they're like, oh, I don't know what this artist is going to do. Maybe I'll buy this. And then they go, boom, hey, CC zero, <laughs> you know, anyway, so um, that's just my initial take, but we're not, we're going to talk more about that later. But first of all, let's talk about what image rights or intellectual property, aka IP is, okay? Intellectual property or IP, for those who don't already know, are automatic rights given to the creator over the property of their intellect. Get it? Intellectual property. God, I love cracking that joke. It's not that funny, but I love saying it. Intellectual property. Get it? (laughs) Anyways, enough of my dry jokes. Um, So your artwork is a creation made by you, of course, from your mind, intellect, and the intellectual property gives you the creator whoever the creator is you might not be a creator you might just be a um, collector or listener or somebody that just likes nfts right gives the creator rights over this property over a certain period of time so what is the certain period of time the certain period of time according to copyright laws is the duration of the creator's life meaning while you're alive and 70 years after you pass on so like 70 years after you're gone your art can you your your estate your family whoever your next of kin is still has rights to whatever image creation that you made okay so now what can change this is if you, the creator, now chooses to transfer your rights. So you can say, um, hi, dear collector. Well, you wouldn't say it that way. You put it in legal terms, right? Um, I'm giving you all rights to this work. Boom. And then you can also say, oh, well, I'm just going to relinquish my rights and make this um, property, your in- property of your intellect, creative um, public domain you know, which is creative commons zero license, right? So I'm making this thing to donate to the public, right? So that's a possibility. That's, and that's totally up to you. So image rights, AKA copyright are the rights you have over a property or an image or a creation that you created. Um, I know the laws are different in, every country but in the u.s although you're granted rights automatically let's say you want to sue somebody the burden of proof will still be on you to say oh i first created it i mean i'm sure you could probably do that with your raw files if you have raw files and they don't i shoot raw all the time but let's assume you don't right or let's assume you don't have a way to timestamp when you um created that project or proof that you created that project it is always a great idea to register to register it with the u.s copyright office this is like i call it the two-factor <laughs> authentication of copyright um it just adds an extra layer of protection to your work if you need to go after anybody legally so it's not a must It's not saying you don't own it if you don't register it. It's just saying if you need to go after somebody legally, 
there's something in the database somewhere that proves that you own this piece of work. So it's just an added layer of protection. All right, so what are the be- some benefits of intellectual property? I'm gonna give you a little, you know, spiel and shelling intellectual property here, I'm kidding. All right, so I'm just gonna let you know a few of the benefits of intellectual property. When you own the right to your work, only you and whomever you authorize have the right to distribute the property. Now this has its benefits, especially if you have created something that is popular or that could get popular and you get a lot of requests for it to be licensed. You get to make licensing money, right? But if it's out there in the public, you don't, right? Um, and also you can never tell, you know, as artists, sometimes we undermine ourselves. We're like, oh, well, I've made a whole bunch of this. Um, nothing's happened. You just never know. You never know what's going to take off. You never know what people are going to, um, like, you know, you just never know. Sometimes that thing that you think, oh, it's just whatever is that one that will take off. And you'd be shocked. I've seen it happen by the way. And you'd be shocked like, oh wow. So prematurely giving it away or giving away your rights might hurt you in the long run. I mean, if you don't mind, and not all artists are in it for legacy or money. Some just love to create and that is perfectly fine. But if you're somebody that's in it for other than just creating, then you want to sit down and talk about what are my goals as an artist? Why am I doing this? Am I doing this just to create? Am I doing this because I want to make money? Am I doing this because I want to, you know, be in a museum in a hundred years? That's me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm not kidding. Um, yeah, I want my work in a museum in a hundred years or less. <laughs> All right. So another popular benefit of having IP rights is in being able to control how your creation is used, right? Especially commercially, you don't want to see your work end up in questionable places. And if somebody approaches you or can we use your work, you kind of can gauge the brand trying to use your work and what they're trying to use it for. So when you have your IP rights, you're able to decide I mean, I know we can't control everything, we can't, but at least you are able to decide, okay, does this align with my brand or not? And you're able to say yes or no. And of course, if they go ahead and use it without your permission, you can take them to court and sue them. Um, And for the most part, most people are very careful. Nobody wants a lawsuit. Um, Most serious people anyways are careful not to use other people's intellectual property without their permission. And when they do, um, just sending a takedown notice will usually have it taken down. So, I mean, I, I have experience with takedowns and I've never really had any issue. If I've seen myself shared and I didn't request a takedown, it's because I didn't mind. All right, so we're going to use the music industry as an example. And if I am going a little bit too fast, slow me down. (laughs) All right, so in the music industry, we've seen situations where artists who give up their masters to record labels because when they're starting out, they're in the struggle, they just want the success and they don't care about those things. I just want to be famous. Let me just be famous. Take my masters. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm not saying that's what actually happens, but 
Um, yeah, so artists that, you know, give up their masters to record labels, we've seen it where they struggle to um, get it back. We know Taylor Swift had this big fight um, about her masters and she had to go back and re-record most of her songs and that could be messy. When you own the rights, you have more control over your work and over the money that it makes, especially if you're an artist that doesn't create a lot of pieces throughout the year. I remember um, one thing listening to Nipsey Hussle always implanted in my head. He always talked about owning his masters and that really in my head solidified the importance of owning what you create, it's yours. I mean, if you wanna give it out, that's fine. But if it's part of your um, legacy, part of your brand, I don't see why, you know, it's your baby. Why should it be easy to give out, you know? Anyways, if you are a legacy-seeking artist, I call myself a legacy-seeking artist because I want to be the bomb. No, here I go with the bombs again. It also ensures that if this creation is successful, even after you're gone, you're... um, estate will continue to benefit from it i'm not sure how that i'm not sure how important that is to many people but that could be a benefit all right so we're going to talk about some of my influences in this decision and nfts okay jay-z and nft twitter spaces so i was listening in on a very rare i say very rare because Jay-Z never comes on Twitter spaces, like literally. I, I think I've probably heard him on Twitter spaces once, and this was that one time. Twitter spaces that was hosted by the founder of Twitter, Jack, who I'm always harassing because <laughs> that's another topic for another day. Okay, I don't harass him, but yeah, I add him sometimes. Um, and rapper Jay-Z. They spoke about the benefits of NFTs and, and, you know, at this stage I had not started really minting any NFTs. I was still absorbing information, trying to make sure this is the right thing for my brand because I just didn't want to kind of jump in to NFTs. I wanted to be sure that I was doing the right thing because, you know, one little mistake can ruin everything you have built over time. Some I try to be as careful as possible. Anyway, so that conversation changed everything for me because he put NFTs in perspective. He talked about an artist who had sold his work for something in the 3000 plus range, I think, don't quote me. Um, And a collector had resold it for something in the millions range, don't quote me, but it was like in the thousands, low thousands and millions difference, right? And his point was that the artist didn't make any money on royalty. And if NFTs were in place, they would have made some sort of money in royalty, obviously, right? Because it being sold, secondary market, royalty. Anyways, besides it being a great way to record things, royalty was one of the key things that made NFTs attractive to me. We're not gonna sit here in front and say we don't like the secondary market. Me personally, I'm not sure how I feel about the secondary market in terms of duration. If somebody held onto my work for years, I wouldn't mind but i know with the nft space things move so quickly you see somebody buy today a month they sell and and for me i'm not i'm still trying to figure out if i prefer long term or short term i think for 
traditionally I prefer long-term, but in the NFT space, I'm still gauging it. I still think it'd be long-term because I'd like to know that whoever collected my work actually did it because they liked it, not because they wanted to just flip it for money. But yeah, that's a topic for another day. So I was saying like giving away rights in an early stage after listening to the Twitter spaces between Jack and Jay-Z, it eliminates the opportunity to, first of all, let the collector enjoy it. And second of all, um, royalty. And it kind of brings us back to the same problem that Jay-Z mentioned and that this technology might be trying to solve. All right, so let's get into the technical integrity. What are Creative Commons and CC0? <laughs> I am gonna stop doing that. Creative Commons, what are Creative Commons and CC0? Creative Commons were initiated to tackle the issue of copyright and to give creators options on how to share their work. So traditionally, with copyright, the only right or license that was created was all rights reserved. I'm sure even with the all rights reserved license, you could still give away your rights if you wanted to by writing it. But I guess Creative Commons makes it easier because all you have to do while sharing is attach your Creative Commons and say, okay, this is a CC by, this is a CC note and seeing all you have to do is that. So whoever is seeing it or looking at it knows, okay, I can't do this or I can't do that or I can do this and I, I can do that with the image that you're sharing. So Creative Commons is a nonprofit organization. They were created to, founded to tackle the issue of just one option being there. Um, so they created a set of license that would allow creators share their work with others under different terms. Some of the terms include like giving attribution, using for personal use only, using for commercial use, but you still have to give attribution. And of course, the CC0, no, I'm kidding, <laughs> the CC0 license. So the CC0 pretty much means no rights reserved. I do not have rights to this um, creation. Take it, throw it on the wall, do whatever you want with it. All right, so I'm going to give you a breakdown of the Creative Commons licenses. Am I getting boring yet? No, yes, all right, well, if I'm getting boring, guess what, this is good information. So listen on. Oh, there I go rapping again. This is good information. I should be a rapper at this point. I'm gonna start rapping the entire podcast. (laughs) Okay, we're not gonna do that. All right, so Creative Commons has seven licenses, right? And I will break them down. So the first would be CCBY, so CC BY, um, which obviously means Creative Commons BY, um, BY. This license lets anyone who wishes to use the creation to distribute, build on, remix it for both commercial and personal use. They would need to give attribution to the creator and giving attribution means giving credit. This thing is BY, Tony Payne. I can use it, I can remix it, I can sell it, but I would need to tell the world or wherever I share it, wherever I use it, that I use Tony Payne's image in this creation. All right, so the next one is CCBY-SA. 
And this license says anyone who wishes to use it can distribute, remix, build on the material for both commercial and personal use. You would, however, need to license the work under the same terms as the work that you use. So let's say, let's say my work is CCBY and then you use my work to create yours. When you release your license, it has to also be CCBY. Claire, Claire, Claire? Yes, okay, let's move on. The next one will be CCBYNC. All right, this license lets anyone who wishes to use the creation to distribute, build upon it, remix it in any format, but for personal use only, meaning you cannot use the creation commercially. You can use it for personal use, you cannot use it commercially, and you would still need to give attribution to the original creator meaning you have to give them credit like hey what's up this is by and i use some of the work by all right the next one is ccby now so long <laughs> ccby ncsa so it's pretty much same thing with ccby nc right sa and it says you can't use it commercially you can build upon it you can remix it you can do so in any format but for personal use only and when you see SA means you have to attach the same terms as the original work you use. So let's say my terms was CCBY. You have to attach the same CCBY terms to your work. So the next one is CCBYND. This license pretty much lets anyone who wishes to use it to distribute and copy the creation. You can do so in any format, but only in an, an adapted form. You can use it for commercial purposes, but you would also still need to give attribution to the creator. Now, CC, BY, NC, ND. This is starting to sound like science. Like, <laughs> like, oh my goodness. All right. This license lets anyone who wishes to use the creation distribute and copy it. They can do so in any format, but only in an unadapted form. They can't use it, or you can't use it, they can't use it, we all can't use it, um, for commercial purposes. And you would still need to give attribution to the creator. All right, and the final one is the CC0 license. And this license lets the creator give up all rights to the public domain. And it says, y'all take this, do whatever you want with it. I don't care, just go. All right, so that's the CC zero license. So yeah, um, public domain is also not only used for art, it is used for software, books, gaming, journals, and so much more, even lyrics. Like, you know, you can copyright your lyrics, right? People who benefit from the ability to use someone else's creation range from artists, scientists, engineers, and so much more. So don't get me wrong, CC0 or public domain has its many benefits because it gives the ability to share things from your intellect. And, you know, obviously it's a better world if we're able to share. But when it comes to art and specific types of artworks, I am not 100% sold that it should be public domain until it has made its rounds 
um, especially for the artist. So it just really all depends, again, on what your goals are as an artist. If you're just somebody that creates and just loves to create and just share, then it's perfect. It's perfect for you. But if you're somebody that, again, create exclusive pieces that you feel should be owned by a collector that just wants to enjoy it, then I'm not sure how using a public domain license would work for you. All right, so now why not CC0? Why shouldn't I use CC0? Again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. You just have to make sure it is what is right for you and your brand. I've seen businesses built around public domain work, you know, where people take other people's works and turn it into like this big print company. And, you know, the creator is okay with that. And that is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You're helping feed somebody, you know. Anyway, so since NFTs are still very early, um, it was a bit confusing for me because I believe NFTs are there to, you know, profit from your art um, and not just simply share it. Right. And because of the nature of NFTs, I mean, yes, you are buying something on the blockchain, but it also... Um, a digital image. So if I'm going to the museum and taking a picture of the Mona Lisa, it's not the same as me having a physical Mona Lisa original or whatever Mona Lisa in my house. So I get the part of owning it on the blockchain and the blockchain is your physical. Technically, I get that part. But um, when I see the comparisons to you know, physical Mona Lisa, I, my brain just goes, <laughs> anyways, I think maybe it'll click for me one of these days. I, I just, I keep an open mind, you know, um, maybe it won't click. Maybe it will click. Who knows? All right. Um, so since NFTs are still early, you know, it's a little foggy right now in terms of where this whole NFT and the public domain is going in terms of one piece artworks, um, not the 10K piece. We're going to talk about the 10K piece. I'm I'm not going to say artworks, (laughs) but we're going to talk about the generative projects in, in a minute. Just hold on, hang on in there, hang on in there. Okay. Hang in there. (laughs) All right. Um, So yeah, in a space where things become very competitive and it will be, um, and very soon it's going to be saturated. I just feel like where will the bottom be where, you know, when it, oh, well, I'm just going to give this as CC zero. We're already at that place where you can find CC zero for nothing, you know? So NFTs, I believe a lot of artists came in there because this was like the first time that they're actually making money from their art and it's changing lives. You know, people are actually able to eat and profit from their work. But when you now start introducing these um, type of licenses, where does the bottom, where does it end? And what happens when it gets competitive and an artist goes, oh, this beautiful, because I've seen some amazing stuff in CC's public domain. I've seen some amazing amazing work in the public domain and i believe they probably wouldn't have even been there if nfts were a thing you know because these artists would have been like oh i can make money from this i'm not gonna you know just post it anywhere um that's my opinion anyways all right so let's say um 
it starts to get competitive, right? And the artist decides and one artist goes, oh, well, man, I just need to sell. I need to sell because, you know, they need to sell. <laughs> and they say, oh, I'm going to release this um, as a CC0 for whoever wants it for $10. And the other artist goes, $10? Oh, you're trying to outsell me. <laughs> I'm not saying this is going to happen, but anything can happen, you know? Um, I think putting a CC0 on it and not putting the CC0 on it on Personally, I don't even think it, it has a bearing. I think if your work is good, whoever wants to collect it will collect it with or without um, a CC0, but we're gonna get into that later. I just feel like introducing it at such an early stage and attaching hopes of making money to it leaves room for, I call this one, fear of not selling. <laughs> not FOMO, um, phonons. <laughs> okay, there I go with my dry jokes again, FOS. <laughs> wow okay um i also worry about sustainability you know how sustainable will it be if it takes on and this is where collective decisions by other artists can affect you i'm sure before a lot of this websites that tell 10 cents um images became successful there was some artists that said oh i can just put my image here for 10 cents and then it took on and it became the norm so where does the bottom really stop and i just believe we just need to be careful in how we approach this especially because what you, what one person does and another person does can define the nft space generally decentralized or not people influence each other all right, so we're gonna talk about the digital age. You know, that digital age where everybody kind of right clicks, saves, and steals your picture. Bad, 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 bad people. No, I'm kidding. Bad, not the mama. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop. All right, so we're gonna talk digital age. And I did not just say not the mama. <laughs> okay, you guys remember dinosaurs? Not the mama, not the mama, not the mama. <laughs> Okay, calm down, Tony. All right, <laughs> so we're going to talk digital age and intellectual property. So with social media, we know a lot of people just kind of take what's not theirs and use it and share it. Oh, look at this cool video. Oh, look at this cool artwork. Oh, did you see this? It happens, you know. I'm 50-50 on if I care. Personally, I don't care if followers of, of people who like my work share my stuff because I know they're not going to share it maliciously. I know they're just enjoying it and bringing more eyes to it. And they're also not going to try and make profit from it. I know this, right? Because they're my people, you know. <laughs> but with social media and it being so vast, you can never fully control who shares your work. But legally... If you see your work being shared for profit on a large scale or just anyway, you can legally bring a lawsuit upon them or a takedown. If it's um, a big company, I don't think big companies would even want to have to deal with the liability of using someone's work without contacting them. That's why they have licensing um, offices, people that contact you first and go, hey, uh, Miss Payne, we just saw your work on so, 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 and so. Would you mind us using it? We're going to send you um, the documents to sign. And, you know, when you finish signing it, then we can use it. And then you go through all the, the motion, sign the document, read their terms, blah, blah, blah. All right. So I'm sure 
Well, I'm not sure because I'm not sure about anything, am I? Nothing's sure. <laughs> All right, so like I was saying, um, big company probably wouldn't use it without your permission. And if they did, you could sue the pants off of them. Maybe not the pants, maybe the t-shirt. I personally do not mind my work being shared, like I said, by my peeps, people that enjoy my work in a manner that aligns with my brand and obviously not for profit. I've had my work used as phone wallpaper, um, screensavers, so I don't, I don't mind, you know, enjoy. But yeah, so retaining rights gives me the legal ability to go after anyone who tries to devalue my work. Hmm? The CC0 license doesn't, because if I had a CC0 on my work, I have said, do what you want, do what you want. Oh God, I might have a singing career too. <laughs> Alright, so there is a reason why major companies retain rights to the work they own, right? And there's also a reason why a lot of them spend money on things like trademarks and just generally protecting their brand. So why should this be different for art or artists? If you're creating to share, that's fine. But if you're somebody that doesn't create a lot or often and you have a vision for your art there is nothing wrong with wanting to preserve and reserve and keep your um, intellectual property rights all right so how my ip rights has helped me as an artist so retaining rights to my work this is my personal experience we're talking about now we've already given you all the deets on what the cc0 is what the creative commons is what ip is intellectual property property of your intellect all right, so I dropped a bunch of bomb knowledge. <laughs> but for me as an artist, retaining rights helps me figure out a usage model that works for me without worrying too much about nuances. You know, like, oh, um, you know, my work is out there. What are they using it for? I don't worry about things like that. If I make physical prints of my work, they come in limited quantities. And those limited quantities are what circulate, nothing more. So I'm not worried about somebody taking my image and then printing more quantities. If that happened, they would be counterfeit. And that is illegal. That is illegal. So they cannot do that. And that's because I have the rights to my work. So let's say Still Life with Figs, one of my work has 50 pieces, one main piece for an NFT collector and 49 pieces, actually, that's a lie. I keep one piece for myself too. <laughs> yes, I do, I love my work. So one main piece for the NFT collector, one main piece for me and 48 pieces um, elsewhere for other collectors. Only those 50 pieces will circulate ever right and nobody else we have like billions and billions of people in the world will own still life with figs because only 50 pieces were made all right so but when if i ever decide oh i'm just gonna you know give this to the public domain somebody else can come and make a thousand pieces and if that happens that devalues the 50 pieces that were already made because now it's like everybody <laughs> like geez it's like 50,000 of these um but yeah so for me and my goal as an artist um limited quantities exclusive quantities is what I 
tend to go for. If I had my work as a CC0 public domain, I would have no say like, oh, anybody can do whatever they want with it. And they don't have to give me credit. And the saddest part about it is, um, you know, if they print it, they don't even have to attach your name to it. that part actually bugs me a little bit because it's my work and I would, you know, I would like you to say, oh, Tony made this, you know, because I put a lot of my heart and soul in it. Um, but yeah, that's more of a personal thing. Um, I'm sure, you know, other artists can relate. All right. So I think if that happens where somebody comes and prints like a billion pieces of your work, it can devalue the work for the people holding it. And also, if a big corporation decided to license my work, they would need to pay me. You know, you're making money, big corporation. But if I was using the um, public domain CC0 license, they wouldn't need to pay me. Disney can just grab my stuff and use it and not give me credit or not say a word about who owns it or who made it. And there is absolutely nothing I would be able to do about it because I have said, take and go. <laughs> All right, we're going to turn this into a singing and rapping podcast very soon. NFT singing and rapping, yo. All right, so moving on. My NFT art and its IP, right? Um, I'm just going to keep it brief. For my NFT work, I maintain IP rights because like I said, I give physical print of my still life work to the collector and I want to be able to be sure that there won't be like a billion prints out there circulating on eBay (laughs) at least not now maybe like you know in a billion years yeah so you know I want to be sure about that and if somebody does try it I want to be sure that I can go after them legally so for like I said it boils down to your goals as an artist and also finding a collector that shares your vision. I believe that somebody, something everybody owns will always be less valuable. It's not even an I believe issue. This has been proven over time. Something everybody owns is not as valuable as something that's valuable as something that is limited. Right or wrong, it's just been proven over time. Uh, and for an artist that's just starting out, I think it, it's just so premature. Anyway, so is CC0 right for your NFT? I don't know. I can't tell you that. <laughs> You're the one who has to determine that by yourself. Now, we all have different goals as artists. And if this model is the goal for your works of art that you create, then that is just fine. Just understand that once you give up the rights, you absolutely cannot take it back. You can't say, oh, oh, well, it looks like um." Somebody might be interested in licensing my work. I'm not doing public domain. No, that's not possible. Once it's in the public domain, it's in the public domain and you cannot take it back. You can't change your mind. You can't do any oopsies. You can't do any, oh man, darn, I'm, I didn't, it never happened. You can't go burn that NFT either because your collector would be mad. <laughs> big mad all right (laughs) so you cannot get upset if a big corporation uses it without giving you credit so it's something you should really think about before you move forward and remember once it's in the public domain you no longer own the rights to it um i saw some photographers make an argument that well they can just take another photo yeah you can just take another photo mint it and put another one as public domain, that's fine too. If it works for you, if that's the style of photography that you do, then that is fine. But not all 
art is created that way. Some take time, some take careful thought and planning. And I think with photography, man, photographers get undermined so much. I'm sorry. They feel, oh, photography is a dime a dozen. I'm not going to go deep into that in this episode, but I will touch on it in maybe another episode because I get really riled up and upset. (laughs) You know, with photography, there are some that capture a piece of history that cannot be repeated. You know, some freeze in time, iconic moments that cannot be duplicated and they can't be duplicated, you know? So it just, like I said, it really depends on your goals as an artist, but also remember the value of your work and what you're bringing to the table. And like I said, with photography, a lot of photography captures history, you know, and and we should take that seriously, but I won't tell people what to do. We should take it seriously, nah. (laughs) I joke around a lot, even when I'm talking about something serious, this is a serious topic. So I believe um, CC0, works great for things that are open source, like software. I use open source software, um, so it does have its benefit. Now let's talk about the blurred lines of art and NFTs. I promise you this is another whole topic altogether, but I'm going to touch on it very briefly. Like, I mean, like art and NFT, when they say art is subjective, they were talking about NFT art, okay? So one of the most popular uses of NFTs are for something called PFP, which stands for picture for proof. So it's this image that proves that you are this person or you own this thing. All right, and it's also popularly known as profile picture. So. PFP equals your profile picture or your avatar or your display picture. But in the NFT circle, in the NFT world, I don't know which one to use. NFT world or NFT circle? Which one do you prefer? Well, you tell me, okay? In the NFT, we'll use world for now. (laughs) In the NFT world, PFP is what we call profile picture. This new wave of images are mostly computer generated and usually attached to a community project. While I love the idea behind the PFP projects, I believe the best definition for them are not necessarily art. I think community tokens probably defines them best and sometimes I jokingly call them cloud tokens because you know when people with their PFPs, oh I own an ape. Oh, oh, I'm a punk. (laughs) It's cute. Anyways, owning one can make you feel among in certain circles of people who own one too. So it's good for networking in that sense. So I see the benefits of PFP project. It can be a great tool for networking. It can be a great tool for building community. But is it art? I don't know. I've seen some questionable ones that... I mean, I've seen some really good ones that could be defined as art, but I've seen a lot that, I don't know, art is subjective. (laughs) Anyways, think of it this way. People are more likely to root for a community or team they are invested in. So you're getting people to invest in this community. And once their money is in it, they're going to root for it, right? I've invested in this thing and I want to see it win. And that that makes um, the concept of PFP projects very, very interesting. 
So because the term art is used very broadly in NFTs and because these PFP, PFPs are usually identifiable by a cartoony image, they have also been coined NFT art. So like I said, we're not going to call them NFT art anymore. We're going to call them community tokens. <laughs> Say it with me, community tokens. Say it again, community tokens. Say it again, community tokens. So about P NFT PFP projects and public domain. So PFP projects like punks and apes do not, are not public domain. They have held on to the rights for their projects. And um, yeah, so I'm just gonna make that very clear. Not all PFP projects are public domain, but there is one that's touts itself as public domain and it's called cryptodes. I saw someone make an argument for CC0 citing the cryptodes project, which like I said, touts itself as the first public domain PFP project. First of all, let's not confuse PFP NFT projects with collecting one, one piece, one-on-one -on -one art piece, right? Two different things altogether. And like I said, I think the PFP projects are more community tokens and not so much about the art itself. It's more about the community and the perks that it comes with. For the most part, what you're paying for with the PFP project is the community. And this community comes with some perks. You know, I've seen raffles, I've seen fun stuff. Actually, I've seen some fun stuff. They do get togethers too. And they do hunts and they win prizes and you know, like I said, networking. Networking is also very important because if I'm a punk and you're a punk, the chances of us networking are higher than if I'm a punk and you're not. <laughs> All right, so, and for some people, it's a chance to level up by reselling their PFP projects. Because when the floor goes up, you're gonna make money selling it to somebody else that wants to be a part of that community. And for some, it's just the clouds. Oh, I'm gonna get followers with my my, my ape is my pfp <laughs> oh yeah people are gonna like my post and retweet me when they see that i have an ape yeah <laughs> all right uh, so these things like i said com the community the perks you know reselling leveling up they're not available in the public domain so touting you know cryptos as the first public domain pfp project is a bit weird to me because guess what it's the project is not about the art. The project is about the community. So you're not giving the community to the public. So if I own, a, um, if I don't own uh, cryptos, can I just get all the perks that everybody else gets because the project is public? We should find out. I'm, I'm going to investigate that and see, okay, not owning one. Can I get the same perks as everybody else since it's public domain or is it just the uh, code? That's public domain. This is Tony Payne, investigator extraordinaire. <laughs> All right, so like I was saying, these things are not available in the public domain. They are only available to the token holder. The artwork, quote, I put artwork in quote, is just an identifier. If you put a dot, a dot, a blue dot, and you say this is a blue dot, and you're a blue dot, it will still have the same effect as what the cryptos has, which is a blue dot with a swish 
<laughs> and I'm a blue dot with a nesteric and we're both blue dots it would still have the same effect so it's not about the art it's about the sense of community it's about the perks that come with owning that thing on the blockchain and being able to take your wallet and say I'm a member and maybe we're only going to have cryptodes only parties and I can get in but guess what because you use the toad doesn't mean you can get in okay all right so public domain works perfectly for this type of project because they literally have nothing to lose in artistic value i mean have you seen those toads <laughs> no judgment zone comparing such projects to actual works of art is like comparing apples to rocks i just you just can't compare them because they're not the same each has its own cultural value, but they are absolutely not the same. And if you disagree, please feel free to send me a tweet at Tony Payne. Yes. Anyway, so speaking of cryptos, I also noticed a few collectors of this public domain PFP NFT were not entirely sure what public domain meant. Okay, in the NFT space, there were a lot of people that were not sure what CC0 meant. And that's fine, you know, some people are new to actually selling their art, so they're learning. But I saw a collector of a Cryptodes arguing that, oh, well, finally, that means I own the rights and I can do what I want with my toad. Unlike the apes that won't let you, you know, lease your toad and, you know, license your toad to somebody else. And I was like, uh, those person really saying this? <laughs> Like, are you for real? I'm like, sorry, buddy. No one owns the rights. You simply own the token and its perks. The public owns the rights to the image and the public can do whatever they want with it. And if somebody wants to license it, they do not have to give you nada. Nothing, nilch, boom, nothing. Each toad can be used by anyone commercially. The collector on the blockchain wouldn't get doo-doo, <laughs> diddly squat. All right, so what you would get though is enough clout to sell your toad and its perks to another collector. So that is a plus. You can make money. It's like an investment pretty much, you know? So with PFP projects, forget the art, but it's an investment for a lot of people in an NFT space. Let's keep it real here. A lot of people buy into those projects because they feel they can flip them in the near future. That is what it is for the most part. Not the art, not the mama, not the mama, not the art. <laughs> All right, moving on. So some misinformation that I, I have seen a lot of misinformation regarding rights and public domain and what it is and what it isn't. Oh, yes. Anyway, so I saw someone tweet that they like public domain because they didn't like when an artist sells, sells prints. Uh, what? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> I shook my head at how misinformed this individual is. Like, okay, with public domain, not only can the artist still sell print, but everybody else can too. So if you do not like print, then you are like championing the wrong movement dude <laughs> for real though anyway, needless to say the amount of misinformation i saw going around you know in nft twitter regarding public domain was a bit much 
But that is why we are here dropping these bombs of knowledge to correct some of these things. They say, do your own research. And this is research. Okay. All right. So if you were looking to own the rights to the piece of art and not just a token, you would have needed it transferred to you by the artist. So you would have, you know, it's, hey, what's up? I like your art. Does it come with rights or not? And the artist goes, nah, it doesn't come with rights. And you go, can you think you want to share rights with me? Or do you think you want to give me rights? And the artist goes, oh, well, I'd have to think about it. And when you say share rights, what are you planning to do with it? And then you go, well, you know, nothing malicious. I just want to, you know, have the chance to, you know, maybe if you sell it to Disney and I pay for it on the blockchain, you know, we could split it 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> so you could do that, you know, shared rights with um, a collector if you guys discuss it ahead of time. But that is not something that is done necessarily on the blockchain. That would be between the two of you in trying to make it a big thing on the blockchain. It's just, that's just chasing cloud at that point and using whatever it is for publicity, which there's nothing wrong with that either. But it's something that can be done privately. If somebody decided they wanted to make a cartoon out of any of these PFPs that are public domain, they can do so without giving the owner credit or um, a dime. Legally, they're allowed to. There's nobody taking it down. There's nobody saying stop because legally they are allowed to. And if I'm an NFT seller and I decide, oh, I'm just going to build a new community and call it Cryptoads XYZ, (laughs) I can do that too because they are in the public domain. Some people love this idea. Some people don't. Me personally, I'm, you know, for the, for the PFP projects, I think because it just is irrelevant to the scope of things, it is what it is because I don't even see them as, um, not all of them. I've seen some beautiful ones that I would consider art, but most of, um, art is subjective. I'm just going to leave it like that. (laughs) I don't want to say, oh, it's not art. And you know, art is subjective. Some people see things and they like it. And the point I'm trying to make is most of the PFP projects, what makes them valuable is not the art. What makes them valuable is the community behind it. And that's where the value comes in versus um, a piece of art where the value comes in, in from the work itself. All right. So let's all go back to the big okay not so big nft twitter debate that i mentioned in the beginning of the show and what started the cc0 conversation so um i guess recently an nft artist listed their work for nft collection and the terms were once it is sold to a collector they would release its rights to the world for public use one i didn't understand why it needed to be sold first before releasing it for public use but we're not gonna get into that because you know, that's their decision. Um, this image went on to sell to a collector for a hundred Ethereum. Now, um, to put it in context, a hundred Ethereum or one Ethereum could be equivalent of $3,000, $4,000, $2,000, depends on when you're actually listening to this. So you can Google what is one Ethereum right now and it would give you the value. While this model might have worked for the artist and their collector, I just wasn't sure it, I'm pretty sure it's not right for everybody. Not wasn't sure. I am pretty sure it's not right for everybody. Now where I kind of saw why they would be okay 
with doing a public domain on this particular image was because the image was not that unique. A simple Google search would bring up very similar images taken at the same location. So it made sense to say, okay, you know, whatever, it's just um, an image of an area in this zone and there are like tons of it on Google, so I might as well use it for publicity. What I couldn't understand, however, especially in the context of NFTs where secondary sale is a big deal, was what the artistic value was to, after releasing the rights, what the artistic value of releasing its rights had to the collector. You know, maybe the collector just believes things should be free. Um, Not sure, time will tell. So why did this, the collected NFT did not initially catch my attention. What caught my attention were NFT creators that I followed on Twitter, suddenly putting text about releasing their work as CC0 in the tweets. Like, this is my XYZ piece, and once it sells, I am releasing it as a CC0 to the world. And I kept seeing this and I was like, what is really going on? (laughs) You know, um, as someone who offers my art as NFTs, I try to stay informed and kind of didn't want to be left in the dark. Um, And I was able to trace this things back to the landscape NFT that sold for 100 Ethereum. I also noted a promise from a different collector, not the collector that collected the landscape one, but a different one to purchase some works from artists that listed their work as NFT CC0 in an experiment on CC0. Honestly, (laughs) I've tried so hard to keep an open mind and make sense of it, but till now, I just, my brain goes, <laughs> All right, so while taking note of things, I noticed that some of the artists listing their work as NFT CC0 did not even understand what it was or its implications. They just saw the monetary offer and a chance to sell their work and they ran with it like, oh shoot, you're going to give me, you know, five Ethereum for my work? Oh hell, you, what do you need? CC0? I'll CCZYBF it for you. <laughs> And, you know, they say do your own research, but sometimes we do jump into things because we trust the people touting it. And that's where when you see influencers, you really got to be careful because a lot of times influencers, there's always something behind what they're influencing. After explaining what CC0 meant to some of them, some decided to delist the work and that they were promoting as CC0. And I saw someone that had something so amazing i felt like this image could go really far for this artist and he delisted and i was very proud of him for doing that because it's like you believe in yourself like i I get it there are tons of photographers out there tons of work out there but your work is amazing so why why do you think it can't do better than this you know of course, this doesn't mean that everybody does not know what they're getting into. I, I did have conversations and I did come across people that knew what it meant and knew the implications and still felt the benefits of the immediate sale outweighed anything else they could achieve with that image. My other concern was how does this new thing or wanting to experiment with CC0 alone uh, make or mar one one piece NFT art. I guess with that as well, time will tell. So regarding the experiment, 
What I had noticed after the experiment was that a lot of artists that were willing to list their work as CC0 that were eager for a sale didn't actually sell. So does this mean collectors will collect your work because they like it or are they collecting it because it's CC0? That is a big question to ask yourself as an artist. Is this person collecting my work because they like it or is this person collecting it because it's CC0? So if you're an artist, ask yourself that question because a lot of the artists that were CC0 in it are still sitting there unsold. So I believe that collectors will collect your work because they enjoy your art and they like your personality or they like the artist, um, they're a fan of the artist or they just appreciate the art. So yeah, CC0 did not ensure a sale for a lot of the artists that decided to run with this experiment. Speaking of value, I was inboxed a thread about the result of an NFT CC0 sale. It was started by an NFT creator who listed one of his wife's favorite images as a CC0 at a low price, thinking it was gonna get bidded up. And it just didn't, it didn't happen. He got the work collected at a price that was probably lower than what he probably would have gotten for it if he didn't enter that experiment. And he started a thread about it and to, I guess, prove that the CC0 model wasn't all that great. And I agree, you know, for it's too early for NFTs. It's, I don't, I don't see the benefits really with PFP projects. Great. But with art pieces, if we're talking unique art pieces, I don't, I don't see the benefit. Collectors have always collected pieces they felt were valuable to them or would increase in value over time. Most times it's that are valuable to them. It spoke to them and they wanted it. And there's an artist that creates things that speak to you and you collect them. And that's just, you know, art over time. I know a lot of people in the NFT world want to change how things have been done for gazillion years. And that is perfectly fine. But if we're going to be changing things, we should be changing it for the better, you know, not leave room for people to be taken advantage of. And with saturation, I believe these kind of ideas, we're going to go back to the predatory pricing. All right. I am going to be wrapping up this podcast. <laughs> you have been with me throughout. I appreciate you. It's been a long topic, but we're concluding fireworks. Where are the fireworks? Jeez, oh my goodness. We need to get some sound people up in here. Give us some fireworks. <laughs> all right, so we are all free to choose the best licensing model that works for our art, right? Or our creation. But it is also a very good idea to research things before you get into it. Even if an influencer is telling you it is right, trust me, I have seen some shady influencers out there. Still investigate further because somebody has a lot of followers or a lot of people who are retweeting them does not mean they are always right. Some people get paid behind the scenes. So you have to do your own research. We're not perfect and we're all learning and that's fine. We can make mistakes. I make tons of mistakes too, and that is fine. But one thing that I make sure I stay consistent with is my vision, right? Even if my vision changes from time to time, 
it's still going to be, I know what I want for myself and that will never change. And I believe as an artist, your vision should include having an idea where you wish to see yourself as an artist. Okay. All right. Well, that is a wrap. Uh, uh, a wrap. (laughs) All right. Yeah. The Tony Payne rap show episode one. (laughs) All right. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. And thank you for staying on in this episode. This is obviously one of our longer episodes. So thank you if you are still here listening to this right now. I hope it has been very informative for you. And um, yeah, we're all here to, you know, share knowledge with each other. Um, And if you haven't, (laughs) do subscribe. There are more episodes coming and I see the numbers we're doing. I really, really appreciate everybody that has listened so far. I appreciate everybody that has subscribed so far. You all are so wonderfully awesome. (laughs) I thank you for listening to this episode and I will catch you on the blockchain.